Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome back to The Ralph Report, a brand new show for a brand new Monday. It is July 15th. I know Mondays suck. Look, we all know that, but it's going to suck a little bit less for you today because we have a brand new show jam-packed full of quality ear hole filler. That's what I like to call it. We're going to stick it in your ear. Lube up. Here it comes. I'm your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman. Sitting here in the Batcave with me is the vice host, Mr. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Excellent show today. Steve Ashton will be stopping by with Ask a Brit, all about fish and chips. My favorite British food. I don't even know if they have any other That's my favorite British food. It is, and you've never even (laughs) eaten there. But that's what I would want to eat. It is indeed. We, of course, will get to your phone calls with Garmy on the line. All the entertainment news, including the weekend's box office. We'll see what people went to see in the theaters. It is Monday. That means a very special edition of Holiday or Holiday. Oh, that's right. We get to do it once a week now on Mm. Mondays. So that's going to be fun. All kinds of great things coming up. Before we get to any of that, however, how was film camp? Eddie Pence. You know, Eddie has a long history of putting his kid into uh, really awful, awful camps. Wasn't there a mime camp at one was, point? No, it was a there was a Minecraft camp. Minecraft. And then there was an escape. What was room, the awful escape one? Room escape room, room camp, one was, was awful, terrible. Yeah, but you made a good choice this time. This time was great. It was a movie making camp yeah. for kids. New York Film Academy, Los Angeles. Which makes no sense, I know. It really doesn't, it doesn't, no. But there's apparently a New York film academy that started in New York, and then they have campuses everywhere, and they have one in L.A. now. So, But uh, it was like a week-long camp where the kids all, all get together, and uh, like Monday you come up with an idea for a film, Tuesday you write the film, Wednesday you cast it, learn how to edit, Thursday you actually get to go to the Universal Backlot and film your movie. Holy shit. On, on a, what was, uh, I guess, the Desperate Housewives Street, Wisteria Lane. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, and then Friday they edit, and then Saturday we had like the big screening. I would like to do that. So would I. I would like to go. Why don't they have that for grown I don't know. I'd like a week-long program <laughs> I where I can know. write a sketch, cast it, film it, and then show it in the span it would, of a week. Would, I, like, I was there at the back lot. They let the parents come for an hour on the back lot and watch your kid direct his movie. And I'm like, this. if I had this when I was a kid, this would have been the funnest experience Ugh. of my life. Kids today have it made. They really do. Did your son have you removed from the set? Yeah. Did security I, I, come by? I kept by? trying to get in a shot. So, uh, <laughs> you're in my eye line. Security, so please. Can, can you s- escort them off the set? We had someone with talent in put, the frame, please. Put, put you on a golf cart and take you out. Did he, did he cast you in the film? No. Oh. They had to cast How the, quickly they forget. I know. Man. And it's not going to. And there's no nepotism with him. Yeah. But uh, they have to cast because there's also an acting camp going parallel with the director's oh, camp. Oh, I see. And they have to cast from the pool of actors that are in the acting camp. Wow. So did they have little Teamsters too? They have like little, little Teamsters, Teamsters camp. And they're all smoking by the truck, driving around Transpo, <laughs> moving little kid-sized trucks around. <laughs> they're crafty and everything. That's awesome. Well, good for you. Excellent choice. Good parenting. I was very proud of myself this week. There are very few good parenting moments for no, Eddie very Pence, few, but this but was a good one. We got to celebrate. He did the right thing. I nailed it for his kid. Congratulations. Um. This week, also, for uh, boys and girls, don't forget, this is Comic-Con week. Very exciting. Once again, as you know, Eddie Pence and I will both be down there near Comic-Con on Thursday night, 6 p.m. We will be doing a meet and greet for all the Garmy members that are in attendance. If you happen to be down in San Diego this week, come on out and see us. All the details uh, have been sent to you via Patreon. So come on out and and, uh, spend some time, have a cocktail, uh, shake a hand. Take a picture, whatever it is you want to do. Yeah. We'll be there. Uh, it's super the fun. Time. And then afterwards, come to a comedy show if you want. That's right. Yeah. Don't forget, Eddie Pence, the comedy songs of Eddie Pence, available at the American Comedy Company that night, 930, 9 30, I believe. 30. Go to markellislive.com for tickets. There you go. There you go. It's all set up. Uh, speaking of Comic Con, big reaction to many of you for our special giveaway we're doing this week. Of course, thanks to the folks at Jada Toys. They have given me three of these ultra cool. Very limited edition 
San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Batman, the animated series Batmobiles. And these things are bitching. It's, it's, of course, that, that car is a great Batmobile, first of all. This is made in black chrome, and it comes with a little Batman that stands next to it. And there's only 300 of these available. Really? It's that limited? And three wow. of them got into my sweaty little hands. Oh, my God. So, Jada Toys, thank you for that. I am, uh, of, of course, opening that up to four-star generals. Uh, ideally, the idea was to get new members to uh, subscribe yes. to the Ralph Report. But many folks who are already subscribers say, what if I upgrade to a four-star? Would I be eligible? And you absolutely are. So anyone who becomes a new four-star general this week, it started this past weekend, it'll close off this Sunday. So we're running it for a full week. Anybody that is a new four-star general will be entered into the drawing. And then next week, I will pull three names and I will send you off one of these amazing Batmobiles. Thanks to the uh, Jada Toys folks. Speaking of Comic-Con, we haven't had a game for a while. So speaking of things you can win and Comic-Con, I thought I'd put those two things together and we'll kick off today's show with a, a brand new edition of the Garmy Game Show. It's time for America's fastest growing quiz sensation, the Garmy Game Show. With the host that loves you most, Ralph Garmin. And the contestant that can win you fabulous prizes, Eddie Pence! Hey, Eddie Pence! Right, hey. The Garmy Game Show, for those of you who aren't familiar, it's pretty simple. Um, we play a game here on the show. I will ask Eddie Pence questions, 10 questions. If he gets five or more of those correct, that means a lucky member of the Garmy that we pull at random will win some fabulous yeah. cash and prizes. I can win with a failing grade. Cash not included. And so it's not failing; it's a C, right? If you get half of them, 50? I guess it, I no, guess no, that would be a fail. That's what school system did you go? <laughs> good point. I always think like you're batting five hundred. That's pretty good, right? Yeah, only in baseball I is suppose. hitting anything around three to five hundred good. Um, yeah. So this is how it works. I'll ask Eddie the questions. He will play for one of you. We have selected that name at random already, and then if he gets them all right, you or not all right, if he gets five 50, or more right, fifty percent right, then you, you will win a fabulous uh, prize. What is he playing for today, Ralph? Why, thank you, Ralph. Today, a lucky member of the Garmy will win a Garmy swag pack, including the coveted Garmy shot glass. Also available, the Garmy notepad, the Garmy sticker, and the Garmy air freshener. Back to you, Ralph. Thank you, Ralph. Yes, whoever wins today, and I got a good feeling, I think we're going to have a winner. Really? We'll okay. win that entire prize pack. Who are you playing for today, Eddie? I am playing for Alex Perez. Alex Perez. Where does he hail from? Beautiful El Centro, California. El Centro. That means the center, you know. Right. El Centro. Center right California. there in the middle of California. <laughs> El Centro, California. Alex Perez, you are today's lucky contestant, so you will be rooting for Eddie to get five or more questions correct. Today's game, tying it in with the San Diego Comic-Con, oh. is a game called Secret Identity. They hear my voice, they know I have no choice to show my secret identity. Saturn can't control the secret side of my soul. That's the uh, Aviators, by the way. Okay. I like that band. I didn't know. That song is called Secret Identity. It is all about secret identities. When you think of superheroes, you think of secret identities. Right. So what I will do is name you 10 superheroes to make it fair i've picked five marvel and five dc superheroes you only need to identify their secret identity okay for example if i were say to you superman you would say clark Kent. exactly it's so just that simple. that one's out now that one is absolutely out these are not a-listers i'll tell you Damn that much it. i wanted to make it challenging <laughs> so these are all lower level Okay. superheroes right. now they're well known right but they're not your batman your superman your spider-man your captain america it's Son not those okay it's a it's a lesser rung of superhero just to keep things I interesting like tests. if eddie is correct you'll hear this if he's incorrect it's just that simple all right you ready to play i guess okay here we go here's your first one okay this swampy superhero for marvel is called Man-Thing. Man-Thing. What was the name of the doctor? I'll give you a hint. He's a doctor who, because he took the uh, the attempt at the Captain America Super right. Serum before he got like uh, everybody did. dumped in the swamp, 
He became a, a red-eyed creature that just came out of the swamp with like a big green carrot mm. face. And uh, he was known as Man-Thing. Man what was the name of that secret identity? I have no idea. Oh. I have no idea. Dr. Ted Salas. We're looking for Dr. Ted I Salas. No idea. Not ringing a bell? No idea on that Then one. you're really going to not like this next yeah, one. Yeah, probably not. Because around the same time, because comic books are a copycat business, uh -huh. DC put out their own swampy right. creature that had practically the same origin story <laughs> and was also a scientist who got thrown into a swamp uh, after getting blowed up. Uh, swamp Thing was the name <laughs> of that superhero. Swamp Thing. What was the secret identity mm. of Swamp Thing? Just going to go ahead and mark an X. All right. <laughs> that would be Alec Holland. No Alec idea. Holland no would idea. be that secret identity. No All right. Clue. So we're two down. Two down. Oh, for two. It's go. okay. Yeah. There's still plenty of time to come I back. I hope. Plenty it's of time. not going well. Let's jump back to Marvel, shall oh, we? Okay. A great superhero, an icon of the 70s. Uh-huh. Ghost Rider. Of course, he had that cool leather jacket. He had that flaming skull head. He had the chains and the and the motorcycle. Super cool superhero. Now, allow me to say this. Uh, several of these comic book superheroes that I will name have had other people right. as the secret identity. Of, but we're looking for the main one, the, main the one, one most people identify with that hero. Uh, Go uh, Ghost Rider is an example of several people uh -huh. have inhabited the Ghost Rider persona. Right. But we're looking for the main one. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage would be incorrect. However, he did play Ghost Rider in the movie. <laughs> if you knew the name of his character, then you would actually I, know I don't the name of the secret I identity. I never retain this sort of information when I watch the <laughs> Johnny Blaze. Johnny, we're looking for Johnny now, Blaze. I know a comic named that. <laughs> well, there you go. I don't know how that helps us. It but doesn't. It doesn't. But all right, all. We're three down. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, back to uh, Marvel. Back to Marvel. Uh -huh. You're an X-Men fan, right? Uh, yes. Okay, then you should know one of the original X-Men was I'm, uh, Iceman. Yeah. Iceman. I, Do you remember Iceman's secret identity? Iceman. Ah, uh, damn it. Iceman. I'm so bad at this. He's the Iceman. Uh, uh, Val Kilmer. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Iceman from Top Gun. God damn it. The answer we're looking for was Bobby Drake. Bobby Drake. Bobby God Drake was Iceman. Sadly, that is a, a mark against uh, you, unfortunately. Yes. Uh, bouncing back to D.C., uh -huh. uh, a longtime member of the Justice Society and the Justice League. He's been around since the 40s. Hawkman. Hawkman is a big D.C. character. Has had the same secret identity in one form or another for most of his career in mm -hmm. comics. Do you know the secret identity of Hawkman? Hawkman. Damn it. No. That would be Carter Hall. No. Carter Hall or Katar Hall. Katar Hall. Which is actually his uh, Thangarian his, name. His, his alien name. So we'll give you, uh, we would have given you either one of those. Mm. Had you said either one, I don't know you would have been correct. I'm here. <laughs> Back I, to Marvel. I do not retain this information. Everybody knows Hulk is Bruce Banner, right? right? Good old Hulk, the right. Bruce Banner. Uh, how about his cousin She Hulk? Do you know the She Hulk's secret identity? She-Hulk. Uh, Jennifer Banner. Oh. I don't so fucking know. So close. Jennifer Walters. Was it Jennifer? Jennifer, yes. Jennifer I Walters. I was so close. You were, you were half right. Jennifer. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I can't win now. It's, uh, it's an unwinnable uh, it, it game. It is impossible. Let's uh, burn through a couple more, <laughs> shall we? How about uh, Dead Man from DC? You know, Dead Man, the guy who can take over other people's bodies. Are you familiar with that character? I'm not Dead familiar Man. with that character. Red jumpsuit, uh, skull-faced uh, superhero, Dead Man, not ringing a bell? Not ringing a bell That would me. be Boston Brand we were yeah, looking for. That's just a, a, it's a cool secret identity sorry, name. Alex, sorry, Sorry. <laughs> How about Adam? Adam, he shrinks down. He's a little guy. He becomes he microscopic. He yeah. can jump through telephones. He can he go inside your ear and fuck with your brain. It's Hank Pym. It's uh, not Hank Pym. That would be Ant-Man. No, Adam would be Ray Palmer. Uh, Dr. Ray Palmer. Ray Palmer Ray who Palmer. we're looking for. <laughs> Speaking of doctors, uh, Thor. When Thor first became popular in the 60s, he had a secret identity. Oh, they, yeah. They, That's they, actually mentioned in the... Thor movie. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. There's a little Easter egg. To he it. was a doctor who was whose walking stick, he was he was crippled. Yeah. His walking stick would actually change into Molnir. Molnir. The uh the you know, hammer of Thor, of course. Yes. Uh Doctor What? We're looking for his I name. Elwood Blues. <laughs> Dr. Donald Blake is Donald the answer Blake. we're looking for. Yes, Donald and that Blake. was actually mentioned in Thor. And uh lastly, one of the original members of the Justice League uh -huh. back in the day. He was the last of his kind. He was the Martian Manhunter, but he also posed as a uh, police detective yes, in detective. his secret identity, yes. uh, which rhymes with his given Martian name, actually. Yes. So we'll take either the Martian name or the English <laughs> 
variation on that of the Martian Manhunter. Nope, sir. Nope. John Jones. John Jones. Is John for. Jones. John I Jones. almost knew that one. You have not been bl- <laughs> blanked in some time. <laughs> you have not been blanked in some time. I honestly. That was. Awful. Rough. That was rough. That I, uh, I feel bad. I think maybe I made these too hard. I sh- no, you I sh- didn't. I should have gone with bigger names. No. If I had said Green Lantern, what would you well, say? Which Green Lantern? The the, the Hal the, Jordan. Hal Jordan. Yeah, exactly. Or the other one, the the guy who only could couldn't fight wood. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Scott. Alan Scott. Alan Scott. He was the 40s one. Yes, he was the And 40s there were one. also Guy Gardner and John Stewart and yes, other, and ones. other but, ones. But so maybe if I'd gone with bigger names. You would have, uh, you would I, have probably not. Better. I really, because I can't, th- I can't think of the uh, the brunette, uh, 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 the one that Hal Jordan came back and replaced when he came back as a specter, and he when the re- the return of Hal Jordan, who would he replace? Oh, Kyle Kyle Rayner. Kyle Rayner. Rayner yeah. See, I barely remember that. See, I don't retain I would information. Read those things as a kid, and instantly they. Would I stick never in retained. My head. That's, I don't retain this. I don't retain secret identity information. You, that's you're I the don't. perfect guy to tell your oh, secret identity. Clark to. Kent would fool the shit out of me with his glasses. But if you had a best friend who was a superhero, <laughs> I wouldn't even. You'd be great because they would never get the answer out never, of you. Never piece it together. You would forget it. I honestly, I do not retain that information. I feel bad. I feel like I've done you and <laughs> Alex, Alex Perez a disservice. What do you say we send Alex the prize pack oh anyway? God. What do you say? So if I miss all the questions, that's the same as getting half of them right. There's a new rule. New rule in the Garmin <laughs> game show. If Eddie gets blanked, if he absolutely just shits the bed, then out of sheer sadness and guilt, <sighs> our uh, our Garmin contestant wins anyway. So if Eddie gets five or more right, five or more. if he gets them all wrong... <laughs> That's the Eddie rule. It's my show. I can change the rules. So, Alex, we're going to send that for you anyway because it's Comic Con week and we're celebrating. And I feel just horrible about what happened. I can't wait to get this shit on Twitter. Alex, you are a winner. Congratulations, Alex. Everyone is very happy for you. And that's the Garmy Game Show. Even when you lose, you win. (laughs) See you next time on. The Garmy Game Show! The Garmy Game Show is a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production. Wow. I was going to do Comic-Con games all week. Oh. Now, now I'm, oh, a little, can, no, I'm a little gun shy. We'll do it. Okay, what kind of stuff is your wheelhouse? I, Let me tailor it towards your skill set. Give me a heads up. Like, a, what kind of comic booky stuff would you have a really good shot it's at? Not com- I'm just a terrible trivia person. Oh, okay. I'm bad at, like, when I, when a trivia game starts, I, my brain automatically just goes to mush. All and right. I'm just like, I can't, think, I can't recall information. Okay. So multiple choice, then, is what you're saying. Might be better <laughs> That would off. be helpful. Uh, a, like A, B, like flip a coin. I'm a product of, of the public educational system. All right, we'll go for that. So we'll, multiple choice does help. We'll come up with, uh, with either ors but, for the uh, rest of the week. But Alex, regardless, Alex walks away. I'm so a, you don't have to feel bad, and Alex doesn't have to feel bad. We can all feel no, good but about just, If you're at a bar and you're playing trivia, don't ask me to be on your team. If you uh, if you were ever on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, don't, Eddie would not be your lifeline. Do not call, phone this friend. Is what we're saying. All right, now let's get to the Garmy. I love it when you guys reach out either via email at ralphatheralphreport.com or Eddie or Steve, or when you reach out on social media as well. We always see those mentions on Twitter and uh, Instagram, Facebook. I especially like it, however, when you call the Ralph Report hotline and leave a voicemail. You can do it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That phone number, of course, is one 833 Love to hear from you. Grab a handful of them, and then we throw them together in a segment here called Garmy on the Line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ralph's going to play your calls now and see what's on your mind. On Friday's show, we were taking a look at all the new movies over the weekend, and Crawl was hitting screens this weekend. Crawl. Yeah. Which I hadn't really even heard of until I pulled that information for the show. And it turns out Crawl is basically Jaws with alligators. In a basement. In a basement. In a crawl space, actually. <laughs> crawl space. Hence Crawl. <laughs> and I said, didn't we do this already? Wasn't there an alligator movie that was already like Jaws with alligators? It turns out I was right, and thank you, Darren, for the assist. 
Hey, Ralph, this is Don, One Star General. I just wanted to confirm that you were absolutely correct. There is an, a movie that came out in 1980 literally called Alligator. If you have not watched it, wonderful piece of cinematic, you know, greatness. Uh-huh. Check it out. Love you. Bye. Yeah, I did not watch it, Darren, but I did bother to look at the trailer online. What year did it come out again? 1980. 1980, okay. So this is post-Jaws a couple years. that whole year when, like, all that. There was just a slew of them where everybody was making Jaws with fill-in-the-blank with whatever animal they would uh, substitute it with. And from the trailer, this looks like a beat-for-beat ripoff (laughs) of Jaws. But instead of a a shark, it's an an alligator in the sewers. That eventually, I'll have you know, breaks through the cement of the sidewalk Whoa. and starts uh, prowling the streets. Terrible, terrible. Alligators move pretty slowly, though, don't they? When they're they just do. walking, I, it's something you can avoid. I, I would think, think so. You can in, in the sewers, it. you're you're screwed. But I think on, on like a street, I think I could can... I could probably escape an alligator. That's what I'm saying. But they th- that era had such great cheesy trailers, and here's a little taste of the one for alligator. lives 50 feet beneath the streets it's 36 feet long it weighs over 2,000 pounds and it's about to break out that's a that's a sewer worker right there oh poor guy yeah he did not fare well Robert Forster stars very much like he, he is. Uh, he is the chief Brody of oh. the sewer systems, what? and they bring in an expert. Who in this case, is like a smoking hot British. No, no more woman. vacationing in the sewer system. That's guys. right. We have gotta to get all close the kids these out. Sewers. People need to poop in buckets. <laughs> we can't use the sewers anymore. It's. Uh, it looks goddamn awful. But there was an alligator. So thanks, Darren, for uh, confirming that fact. We also found out on Friday that Eddie doesn't like peas, Mm-mm. doesn't eat peas, no. which I thought was madness until I saw the tremendous amount of support <laughs> online from <laughs> other pea haters. Who knew so many people it's a gross vegetable. hated peas? Erin called in to offer her support to the vice host. Hey, Ralph. It's Erin from South Pasadena. Um, I'm calling in regards to peas. Um, I have to say Eddie's right in the, this situation. Peas are the worst. I mean, really, what a great way to ruin a good chicken pot pie is put peas in there. Um, anyways, LMB, bye. People right. upset right. by the just the presence of peas. Because they're annoying little things Trust that me. don't add to what they're in. If you're eating a chicken pot pie and you eat some peas, you wouldn't even notice oh. because the taste of everything else overwhelms Then why put peas? the pea in there? Because they're great. Because they're it's not. a great vegetable and it's good and good for you. It's annoying. However, they fall in from other foods. Not everybody agrees with Eddie. Uh, this call came not only to support peas. This guy really <laughs> likes peas. He brought up the fact we were talking about the Jolly Green Giant yeah. as the spokesperson for uh, Green Giant vegetables, of course. Uh, this gentleman mentions that the Kingsmen, do you remember the Kingsmen in the 60s? They had a hit song called Louie Louie. Yeah. Was a smash hit. And I thought they were a one hit wonder. Nope. Turns out they got back into the top 10 nationally with a parody song called The Jolly Green Giant that reached number four on the Billboard Hot 100. I had never heard of this song before until this gentleman brought it up. Hey, Ralph. Heard you talking about The Jolly Green Giant on Friday's show. Didn't know if you ever heard the Kingsman, that classic band from the 60s. They did a song called The Jolly Green Giant. If you haven't heard it, it is pretty magical. I would recommend it. And Eddie. Eat your goddamn peas. Right? LMB. No. Eat your goddamn peas. No. Um, by magical, I think this gentleman is being facetious. A little sarcasm there, because I pulled up the Jolly Green Giant by the Kingsman, and it's shit-tastic. But it hit four. It hit four. And you'll notice as they sing the song, somebody in the band is just yelling out different kinds of vegetables that are canned by the Green Giant Company. It must have been some massive promotion or some commercial or something. Here's a little of the Kingsman with the Jolly Green Giant. In the valley of the Jolly Yeah, 
and goes on like that. It's a that. Spinal Tap parody. It really kind of is. They go on to talk about why the Jolly Green Giant is unhappy because there's no women his size. Oh and he goes God. looking for a girlfriend. And boy, it just, it's <laughs> number four. Just keep oh that in mind. Number God. four. Not all music came out of the 60s was classic, boys wow. and girls. Don't forget that. And while we're talking about music, this gentleman had an issue with a song that I played on the show sometime again. Sadly, it's been bugging the hell out of him, and I need to make things right. Hey, Ralph, I need your help horribly, desperately. Desperately do I need you, sir. Um, listening to old podcasts for the Ralph Report uh, when uh, I run out of new episodes, and you had a little song on there that has created such a worm for me for months that I can't get it out of my head. The background music, I don't know what song it is, but I've tried looking for it. And what it did, it was like, Hot Sudge, what's going on? Hot Sudge, let's have some fun. And there, there was some clapping. sounded like a 70s song. Search my heart out, cannot find that. And this earworm is killing me. Please, sir, if you can, let me know what that uh, song is. And then if you can, where does the earworm come from? And as a meaning for getting a song stuck in your head that you can't get rid of. Earworm. It sounds gross. And to Eddie, everything is gross. Yeah. I uh, love you. Mean it. Bye. <laughs> Especially earworms. That does sound gross. Ugh. Okay, so this is a two-parter. I feel bad that I was making this guy look everywhere for a song from the 70s called Hot Fudge when it's not a song at all. I pulled this audio, this is a long story, but it, it reminds me of my childhood because there was a kid's show in the 70s and early 80s called Hot Fudge. It came out of Detroit. It was syndicated in a lot of major cities otherwise, but it was mostly a local show from Detroit. And it was called Hot Fudge. And it was like a fast-paced kind of sketch comedy show for kids. And they had a segment in it called Holy Moly. And the the... The purpose of those sketches where it was always some like hilarious surprise that happened to this poor sucker who didn't see it coming. So the little piece of theme music for that segment went hot fudge, holy moly. And me and my friends used to sing that all the time when we were surprised or caught off guard by something. It became sort of a, an inside joke amongst me and my crew. So from time to time, I play the audio from that when something spectacular or, or surprising happens. So this guy's looking for a song that doesn't even exist. It's just a piece of music from a kid's show from the 70s, and I apologize, but this is what he's talking about. Yeah! I'm going to the What's going on? It was just like a hip intro for kids into like a little bad comedy. That's a better sketch. song than the Jolly Green Giants. Song. Much better. It should have been a single, but it never was an actual <laughs> song. So I apologize, sir. If you want to find it, you can go on YouTube. Or you just type in Hot Fudge Holy Moly. They'll pull up that segment from that show, and then you can rip the audio off the way I did. Uh, for the second part of your question, where does earworm come from? Well, that's one of these. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? Oh, All right, this one's kind of complex, so let's break it down to the best of our ability so that you'll understand. Earworm, of course, now in the, in, the, in the common parlance of the day, means a song that gets stuck in your head and you can't get rid of it. Yeah. Where does that come from? Well, the word itself, earworm, is actually centuries old because there was a worm and is a worm. It's a whole family of them. But those worms that have like the little pinchers uh, at, yes. the, at, the, at uh, the top yeah. and it looks like jaws almost, yeah, yeah, yeah. but so, so they go it's sideways. Like a claw, yeah. yeah. Um, for the longest time, the, the myth around that bug was while you're sleeping, that worm would come into your room and then crawl inside oh. your head. Oh, like Wrath of Khan style. Exactly. Oh, fuck that. Kipton. Kipton. They put the worms in our heads. <laughs> oh, God. It, it, oh. That earworm was that bug. Oh. But here's the thing. And I, when no one knows where that rumor came from because those bugs don't do that. They like to hide underneath rocks and moist, uh, wet, dark places, but they, as far as anyone knows, has never crawled inside anyone's ear ever. It sounds like an ear, though. Yeah. Moist and wet and dark. I suppose. Um, but they like them cool, and ears are hot. Oh, ears are hot, yeah. So anyway, that wasn't true. But that 
<laughs> myth, that legend, that that bullshit traveled around the world, not only in England, but throughout the the all of Europe. I mean, the Germans and the uh, Italians. I mean, you can find a name for earworm in almost every language, French, Danish, Swedish. They all have names for these bugs that crawl in your ears that never did. Wow. Now, let's flash forward. And by around the 19th century, uh, the use of the word earworm to describe that bug had fallen out of favor because people started to realize that it was all bullshit. Mm -hmm. However, there is another earworm, which is the uh, destructive larva of a moth that bores into ears of corn. That's where they like to uh, hatch. I've, I've, I've caught some of, of those corn. before, yeah. Have you really? Yeah, you get the ear of corn at Ralph's or whatever. And, and you'll see a worm I'll in there. I'll open up like, oh, there's a worm in this. Yeah. That's an earworm. Okay. Because it's an ear of corn. Gotcha. Now still, how do we get to it being a song that gets stuck in your head? Yeah. Well, you got to thank the Germans for that, those good old Germans. As I mentioned, there is a word for earworm in almost every language in Europe. And in Germany, they call that earwig or earworm an orvum, orvum, orvum. which means literally translated into earworm. Hmm. Now, here's the thing. In the 50s, the Germans, being the hip cats that they are, started to use the phrase orvum to represent a song that got caught in your head and you couldn't get rid of. Okay. So they started it first, and once the Americans started hearing about it, they said, that's a pretty cool thing, but we will use our version of Irvum, which, of course, literally translated is earworm. earworm. And so uh, around the <laughs> 1980s, that's when Americans started using the phrase earworm, translated from the German Irvum, to mean a song that uh, will not leave your head. That is a lengthy explanation. Very lengthy, very convoluted, but wow. at least I got you there. And now you know where it came from. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? I'll fucking will know. Who thought the Germans would come up with something as fun as Irvum? I know. Oh, yeah, I have an Irvum in my head. Sprockets. <laughs> Touch my monkey. Uh, hey, you know, it's Mondays, and around here on Mondays, we get a chance to continue on with everybody's favorite feature, holiday or holiday. We look at the big calendar that hangs here on the Batcave wall. Every single day of the calendar year has holidays associated with it. Not all of them are legitimate, though, so we break them down for you, good and bad, with this. Holiday or holiday, please tell me what we celebrate, Ralph Garman. Today, Monday, July 15th, is National I Love Horses Day. Ah, oh, horses. horses. A lot of people really love horses. I've never been into horses. I like them. I like them, but I don't, I never had a desire to be around horses. There are some girls, young girls especially, who just get like a horse crazy phrase in their lives. Horses, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have posters on their walls and everything. They go a little nuts. Never really. Uh, horses are fine. They're I've wonderful. ridden a horse, but I was like, eh, okay. You know, it's odd. I am uh, deathly allergic to horses. Oh, really? Yeah. I've ridden a couple, uh, you know, for recreation, but I've also ridden a couple for work. I played a, uh, a, uh, a sheriff, a marshal rather, in a show called Quick Draw with John Lair, and I had to ride a horse in that show. It was, an, it was a Western. And I like them, but I am deathly allergic to the point where if I am petting a horse and my arm, forearm rubs up against it while I'm petting it, that forearm within minutes will break hives. out into huge oh, hives. Awful. And once my wife and I went along with friends to a place called Medieval Times. Oh, yeah, been there. Which is a, for those who don't know, it's a theme restaurant here in Southern California where it's supposed to be the knights of old with the kings and queens and jousting and all that medieval bullshit. Yeah. This isn't the cable guy, if no one's ever. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. The cable guy. So they have nothing but horses. You're yeah. sitting there in a giant ring and they perform all kinds of horse stuff. There's just horse hair everywhere. Horse hair everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. And you're and the, you're sealed in there like it's fucking a Ziploc bag. You're hermetically sealed into this building with horses running around. And I'm sitting there and I'm talking to friends and you're eating mutton legs and Covered drinking in horse beer hair, and shit. It's everywhere. And I'm talking and and around mid through the show, my throat closes up and I'm like, I have to go outside. I'm like, what's the matter with you? It's like, I can't I can't breathe. And my nose closed up and my lungs filled up. Oh my it God. was a severe oh. allergic reaction to horse dander, I'm assuming. Wow. And so I had to go out in the parking lot and sit there and wait for everyone else to get through with the show because I could not pretty breathe. Pretty severe. You sure it wasn't something in the food? No, it was horses because I know I've had this before. But usually when I'm around horses, I'm out in the right. great outdoors. So it's a minor reaction. This, I got a concentrated you're, fucking You're basically dose. in a box with horses. Yeah, it was a nightmare. So anyway, Ooh. National I Love Horse Day, I suppose. Yeah. 
I don't, but you can. It's also National Give Something Away Day. They say in the United States that most of us have the benefit of having more than we need to live. That's true in most yeah, of the, that's uh, true. you know, the civilized world. Yeah. I mean, there's great parts of this world where people don't right. have that. Being in a first world country. Yeah. We, we have, for the <laughs> most unquote, part. that we are in. Mo- for the most part, we've got more than we need. We have so access. On National Give Something Away Day, they encourage people to share some of the stuff they have, whether it's money or whether even if it's as simple as paying for the coffee of the person behind you in line or cleaning out your closet or garage and making a donation to a you know a thrift store or a charity somebody um, did that for me at starbucks the other day i was in the drive-thru at starbucks and they paid for my isn't that a nice little i was told moment like, it of took a humanity moment. when that happens it took a total moment for me to register like what they paid why would they pay for me and like <laughs> i it did throws not you off. It totally threw me off and i'm like oh that's so nice and then I drove off not paying for the person behind me. <laughs> oh, I guess you are supposed to pay it forward, right? Yeah. Or pay it backward You're in that particular to pay case. It and for the next you, person, and you did but I not. just like, oh, thank you. That's great. And I just <laughs> cut and run. You bastard. You're the reason we need holidays I like know. this. I didn't even think. I was too shocked by someone paying for me. I didn't even think I should pay it. <laughs> you uh, just, I was just. The buck stops here. I was here like, this is you. great. Free coffee. Douche. I know. Um,. You can also donate to local food pantry or you can create uh, baskets for uh, homeless shelters. They always need toiletries and things like that. So there's a lot you can do on Give Something Away Day. So we're all in favor of that around here on the Ralph Report. It's also National Pet Fire Safety Day. Pet Fire Safety Day, which seems like the pet should just fall under fire safety in general. Right. If you're protecting your house and your Try family. Try to get all the living things out of your house. Don't they just get folded in? Do we you have to make think. a special day where we worry about the pets? <laughs> If the house is on fire, I'm taking care of my wife and my kid and the dog. Right. Uh, he, he'll come along. I mean, he'll it's last, I'm but not he'll gonna, come I'm along. I'm not going to use him to beat out the flames or anything. <laughs> he's he's part of the family. Yeah, you throw him that. to the window to break the glass so you guys can get out of the window. Why do we need pet fire safety day? I have the sticker on my door. What more do I need to do? This is what? I got a dog? There's a dog in here. Rest. Well, I don't need it anymore. That's true. I got to take that Your sticker sticker's down. sticker's a lie now. But they're going to be in there looking for the dog. And while the fire... Th- <laughs> <laughs> Three firemen died this week looking for a dog that doesn't exist due to a sticker on a comedian's home. Not funny, Eddie Pence. Uh, That's the bit, news story. A little bit funny. Um, yeah, they also say in this fire uh, safety for pets tip sheet uh-huh. that pets are often problematic when it comes to starting fires. Make sure you extinguish all open flames because pets are curious and not cautious. Wagging tails can haphazardly knock over your candles. A curious kitten might paw to sizzling grease, sending a kitchen up in a, in a grease fire. They sound like part of the problem, that not part a, of the solution. That's a huge problem. Yes. That's mostly cats, though, right? They get up there and paw at shit. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a nightmare. <laughs> I'm not going to back... Pet Fire Safety Day. How about that? And you know, I saved the food-related holidays for the end because Eddie Pence uh, mm-hmm. eats like a child. And so what we'd like to do is talk about the day that is celebrated. Then I will pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. If it comes up three of whatever item we're talking about, there's a big payoff and much rejoicing. Or, and it's much more likely, uh, we get a, uh, we get a nothing. Nothing from Eddie Pence. So we'll see what happens. Today's mm-hmm. national holiday. Bring I don't on. have a good feeling. Bring it on. It is National Tapioca Pudding Day. Yes, tapioca pudding. First of all, tapioca has been around with us forever. It is derived, of course, from the cassava root. I don't have to tell you about that, No, Eddie. not at all. Um, I have a tattoo. It was actually traveling with a lot of people who uh, voyaged around the world on sea voyages because ca- tapioca was easy to di- dehydrate and then it wouldn't spoil and so they would take the tapioca starch that was derived from this root, and you could just add water and uh, cook it when you got to your final destination. <laughs> seems like a last resort food. And you could, no, it's a great food. And the reason okay. they, it's the reason they kept it is right. because it's an excellent source of vitamin B, uh-huh. magnesium, iron. Mm. It's sensitive to uh, your stomach. It's uh, full of good, good things that are good and good for you. Seems like that paste they ate in the Matrix. <laughs> and it makes a delicious okay. pudding. Who doesn't like tapioca uh, pudding? Well, let's find <laughs> out, shall oh, we? Wow. We're going to pull the handle of the patented Eddie, Pe- Eddie Pence jackpot slot. I can't even get it out because wow. I know the answer already. <laughs> Here we go. One, two. I'm shocked that Eddie Pence doesn't like tapioca pudding. That's gross, pudding. man. Have you ever even? It's all mealy, right? It's like it. it's like bumpy. No, right? It's it's, it's it's not smooth like 
regular pudding. It's not like a dairy pudding, right. no. But it's, it's not. Clumpy. It's not clumpy at all. No, it's not smooth. Wrong, wrong, What's wrong. It, you're thinking of rice pudding, which often has a tapioca base. But What's you're the thinking difference? of the of the of the rice. Um, <laughs> they're both like freeze dried or whatever, dehydrated, and then you just add water. You're like, look, I got a meal I could no, carry in my shoe. You're thinking of the grains of rice in a, in a rice pudding that you Ooh, think is gritty, oh, but tapioca pudding oh, is a pudding like anything else. Oh, it's a smooth. That's the can- least ordered pudding. You obviously have never even had. It. If you had a menu of pudding, tapioca would be right up. No, there. It w- you would First take. First of all, chocolate, I love I love rice vanilla. pudding too. I'm a big rice pudding fan. Pistachio, with raisins, rice and raisins and tapioca. Oh, uh. That is an outstanding oh, pudding. Right. And I'm you telling want... you, you've never had tapioca pudding. You have some sort of weird oh. bias against tapioca. You won't even eat. I don't the, even like the you name. Won't drink tap- the bobo. Like the you won't name. drink the bobo tea I don't, because I don't want balls in my mouth. You don't want the tapioca balls. There's something in your oh, deep, they are dark tapioca past balls, aren't that they? you are holding a grudge against tapioca. Yeah, I got touched by tapioca. And we're, you were inappropriately fingered by tapioca. <laughs> <laughs> and we have to get you some therapy. Because I love tapioca, and so will you after the next live round. No, not. <laughs> do not put peas in that tapioca either. Holiday or a holiday. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. Now it's time to look at all the entertainment news with a segment I call the show Biz Beat. On Mondays, we like to take a look at the top 10 movies at the box office because it gives us an idea what people went to see in theaters over the weekend. Well, this weekend... Spider-Man was able to take another victory lap. He stayed at number one of the top yeah, ten. It's dis- inching towards dis- a billion dollars. Despite a bunch of new yeah. movies that came out, it crushed it at the box office once again, making another $45.3 million. It's like eight fifty worldwide now, Yeah, I think? it's a monster. And I know everything sort of pales in comparison to Endgame because that was just unheard of. It's and a was, once it was in a constantly yeah. breaking records, so we're sort of numb now to these numbers, but that is a massive amount That's of money. That's a huge amount of money. And it's a great film, too. Yeah, it's fun. Really enjoyable. It's a really fun movie. Yeah. Number two at the box office was Toy Story 4. Also did pretty well for itself. Made That's another, a second week, too, or third week? Uh, second, week. second week. Second week of Toy Story 4 made $20.6 million, which made it number two. Number three was Crawl. Those alligators in the crawl space will get you every time. $12 million made at number three. Stuber came in at number four with just $8 million. I thought it would do better than I that. I did too. Because it was getting good, decent reviews by everybody. So I told you, even the trailer, I looked at it and I was won over because I was expecting not to like it. But I've heard nothing but good things about yeah, it. That's shocking. Stuber, number four. Yesterday was number five with $6.7 million. Then Aladdin at number six. Annabelle Comes Home was number seven. Midsummer was eighth. Have you seen the trailer for that? This looks weird. I heard it's like weird, creepy. Yeah. I don't know. It's like some weird Scandinavian yeah. uh, ritualistic horror thing or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Not really my cup of tea. Creepy. But. Uh, Secret Life of Pets 2 was ninth, and then Men in Black International came in at number 10. Well, the folks in New York had a bad surprise over the weekend with that blackout. That. Yeah. that would suck. Oh, real bad. Especially Times Square went dark, right? Yes. And. It, the summertime in New York, you need fucking air conditioning, oh which is, I guess, is what broke the power grid because everybody imagine. had it fired up. But uh, yeah, a lot of problems due to that blackout on Saturday night, not the least of which was Jennifer Lopez was performing to a sold out audience at Madison Square Garden. Holy crap. When everything went black. That's Can you imagine terrifying. a building of that size with that many people and it suddenly plunged into darkness and silence. She was only a couple songs into her show. Well, the silence went How dare you, sir. All the lights went out, the sound system went out, and uh, everyone had to be evacuated from Madison really? Square Garden. Yeah. She was heartbroken. She put a video out shortly afterwards saying, I love you. I'm so sorry that this happened in the middle of our special moment. You are going to get your money's worth. We're going to come back and do an amazing show, she promised immediately after the show when she posted that video on social media. 
It turns out she was true to her word. She was working her ass off, and she got Madison Square Garden to agree to let her have another shot at it tonight, Monday oh, night. Wow. That's cool. At That's Madison really Square cool. Garden, they pushed around all of the other uh, commitments, and they're allowing her to do a make-good show tonight at Madison Square Garden. So if you had tickets for Saturday's show, those will now be good That's really at, cool. at tonight's show, good which for is her. awesome. And I can't imagine how that even happened, because she's on a tour right now. She's on the, uh, a tour that's called It's My Party Tour, and she's traveling all over America. Madison Square Garden is a venue that is booked almost every night, yeah. either with a sporting event or a live concert event. I can't imagine how they could find the room in their schedule to put all that together and make that happen. How does J-Lo find room in her schedule to take a day out of her tour and do a show on Monday? Where do, where do they find this room? And then it struck me, because we're talking about Jennifer Lopez, there's always room for J-Lo. <laughs> done that in a while that felt good <laughs> speaking there wasn't just problems in new york for premieres and big events there was problems here in los angeles on saturday night the premiere of hobbs and shaw was at the dolby theater hobbs and shaw of course the spin-off from yeah. the popular fast and furious franchise they were premiering it at the dolby theater at hollywood and highland and hollywood there. was closed down for like two days it was a nightmare yeah i hate when they do those so, i mean i get it it's a big event it's great piece of old hollywood to have those grand premieres I know, but it's a pain it does make getting around right there hard. it sucks uh they were doing the show they were going to show the film and <laughs> at about 30 minutes into the screening an electrical grid toward the front of the theater started sparking Ooh. and flashing and bulbs started exploding in the grid above people and then even worse it started working its way back through all the grids oh, no. so it looked like one of those moments in the movies where some, somebody has psychic powers and it started just exploding shit with their brains and they didn't evacuate the theater they wanted to keep the screening going because they said it wasn't a real danger to anything. It was just a problem with the electrical grid right. and, and an overload. That seems like something you want to leave. I would. Yeah. And so they didn't officially evacuate it, but they said people were streaming for the exits once it started. Yeah. I would. You want to be caught in an electrical fire? Absolutely leave a crowded theater once stuff starts going wrong. So they uh, stopped the movie as people ran out of the theater. I wonder if it was the quality of the movie, too. Like, like <laughs> here's our chance. <laughs> Let's make a break Kill for it. it. Thank God. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson took time to address the audience after the movie resumed, saying it was safe to come into the theater. There was no problem. He was going to stay, but he added, Jason Statham ran his ass out of here, he said. Jason left when the <laughs> shit started exploding. So uh, they did show the film, and apparently there was much rejoicing. Speaking of rejoicing, another big deal happened here in Los Angeles over the weekend. Paul McCartney was performing at Dodger Stadium. And he brought out a special guest, and people's heads exploded. Uh, these two men hadn't shared a stage at Dodger Stadium in 53 years. The last time they did it was August 28th in 1966, which was the Beatles' next-to-last live gig ever. And Paul McCartney brought Ringo Starr out on stage to play with wow. him. That's pretty cool. That is cool. I've been to a bunch of Paul shows, and... Uh, to be there and then have the last remaining Beatle join him on stage. I don't care who you are. That's that's pretty special. I just hard to believe it took that long for that to happen. They had been together periodically in the past, right. but never at Dodger Stadium. At Dodger Stadium. And it had oh. been a while since they performed right, together right. in general. But they, they, they drop by, hang out once in a while. You'll yeah, see them together. But uh, it was really cool. People who were there got a special treat. They came out and did Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band with Ringo on drums and also Helter Skelter. Here's a little taste of uh, Sir Paul introducing his old fan. The one and only Ringo Starr. I love you, Ringo. I love Peace and love, everybody. Thank you, my friends. All right, brother. I love you, man. I love you, man. Oh, like a drunken frat boy. <laughs> it's going to be the Ralph Report in 50 years. That's right. When we come back for our reunion show. <laughs> I love you, Eddie Pence. <laughs> hey, uh, this was awesome. Oh, this was adorable. Cardi B's daughter, Culture. Let's never forget, by the way. What's that her name? Cardi B has a daughter. Culture? And her name is Culture again? with a K. 
culture backyard again. Culture backyard again. She reached a milestone <laughs> last week. She turned one. Oh, it's such a milestone. It is a huge milestone. And of course, uh, Cardi B and her man Offset mm. had a huge one-year birthday party on Saturday in New York City for uh, for Culture's first birthday. It was uh, entitled Wonderful Birthday. Mm-hmm. Looked like Onetterful Birthday, but it was <laughs> the Oneters. One. <laughs> Wonderful birthday. What do you think they spent on the oh. uh, the one-year birthday party, Eddie? What do you think? $200,000. Oh, they laugh at your number. Are you serious? $400,000 half a million spent on this party. Good. Now, now that seems like a lot of money, but think about it, Eddie. Remember your first birthday party? Remember yeah, what I a do. big impression that left on you? How you carried those memories with you forever? It's who I am today. Oh, no. Wait a minute. No one remembers that ever. That's crazy. Fucking Cardi B. They won't remember anything until like maybe the fourth birthday. <sighs> what a goddamn waste. That is the biggest look at me that anyone can do. I don't care if it's Cardi oh. B or anyone else. If you're doing a giant uh, a fucking presentational birthday party for your one-year-old, you're just desperate oh. for fucking attention. It has nothing to do with the child whatsoever. No, I remember at Colton's first birthday, we just did it in Griffith Park over here. And I just had some of my friends come just so we could hang out and barbecue. Right. And we get a little cake, and Give that was it. Give the kid a fucking balloon and a cupcake. That was it. He was he eating never, dirt most of the time. Be so, get him some dirt and a balloon. <laughs> and you got a happy one-year-old. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, by the way, the theme for the party was the Netflix kid show Word Party, mm-hmm. and the uh, characters from Word Party were on Culture's birthday cake, and of course, Mom and Dad got Culture a a handmade chain with the Word Party characters made out of precious gems as well for a birthday present. That was that was her present. Ninety thousand dollars. It was a hundred thousand. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah. So when you tabulate everything wow. all together, Five it's a cool half million dollars, dollars for a first birthday party. What are you going to do for the second? Yeah, what are you going to do? Right? Madison Square Garden. You're screwed. Uh, speaking of awful people, a WWE wrestler got in trouble uh, over the weekend. Yeah. Jeff Hardy. Yeah, I was just there a week ago. AKA Brother Nero was down there in South Carolina. Eddie's part of the Myrtle world. Myrtle Beach. He was actually in Myrtle he Beach. He was in Myrtle Beach yeah. and he was arrested for public intoxication and impairment. Which really shouldn't even be a crime. Because let me tell you something. Every time I am out in public, I'm intoxicated. And when you're intoxicated, you're impaired. I'm impaired and intoxicated, (laughs) and I'm in public. That, by definition, shouldn't just be an arrestable (laughs) offense. Because if I'm at a bar, I'm in public, and I'm impaired, and I'm intoxicated. Does that automatically mean I'm committing a crime? Whatever he did, it wasn't that. He did something else. He did something else. He pushed a guy or took a leak somewhere or did something. But that's not just... Lump all the intoxicated. Put a swanton bomb off the roof. <laughs> That's his finishing move in wrestling. The, the swan. The swanton bomb. Swanton bomb. Where he jumps from the top rope and does it like a triple blue. Fuck flip. wrestling so hard. That's all I got. <laughs> his say. problem is he's an addict, and when he's, I think he's injured right now. When yeah, he's, he's got a bad knee. They when say. he's not wrestling, he gets into trouble. Like right. This. That's his problem. Because the Hardy Boys, was Team Extreme with a Z, they Team don't. Extreme. They don't fool around with all of their. Hardy Boys. This. If you see a TLC match with the Hardy Boys oh, and Edge and Christian, it'll change your life. Ugh. Hey, it's uh, Batman's 80th birthday this year. Of course, we're talking about Batman a lot because down at Comic-Con, it's going to be a huge presence on his 80th birthday. Uh, this is pretty cool. Mark Hamill shared this on social media at the end of last week. We didn't get a chance to talk about it, but this is awesome. It turns out that the Batman film, the Tim Burton Batman film, which is also celebrating an anniversary this year. 30 years? 30 years, yeah. And there was an early draft of the script that introduced Robin the Boy Wonder and his origin. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, They later decided that there was too many characters, they couldn't service everything at once, so they pushed the, the Robin character out of the picture. But there was a part in the film where Batman is chasing the Joker, and the Joker during this chase, ends up killing Dick Grayson's parents who are performing a trapeze act at the Gotham City New Year's Eve celebration. So Joker creates Batman and Robin. Yes. And so Robin is the only survivor of this accident and, like, right away in the middle of it is incensed and infuriated at the driver of this van, which is the Joker, and goes after him, pursuing him as well. So Batman and Robin are both chasing the same guy at the same time without even knowing each other. So here's the thing. They did storyboards of that part of the script. 
And as a DVD extra for the Batman movie that was never put on the disc, they had Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy, the voices of Batman and the Joker from the animated series, voice the characters. And they did like an animated, like a lightly animated version well, That would be cool to see. It. it is very cool to see. Apparently it's been around on the internet for a while. I've never seen it. Mark Hamill uh, shared it with everybody this week. Here's a little taste of Batman and Robin and the Joker in the uh, Robin's origin. <laughs> Let me go! You bastard! Hmm, like your boyfriend. He's kind of hot. <laughs> Take me. Let the boy go. <laughs> Gosh, I could kill you, Batman. But then you'd miss my party. And you, Batman, you're the guest of honor. What are you talking about? Batman, don't you recognize your old pal Jack? After all, you made me what I am today. <laughs> So that whole you made me, I made you right, right, bit right. that happens in the bell tower happened on the street and oh, at this section here. And then apparently a... Robin and um, uh, Batman, Batman are introduced in that moment and then Robin, uh, Batman takes him under his wing. He's just the best joke. He is it's amazing. Just not even... That performance is just oh. every time. Every it's time. Oh. He's the best. All right, let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on this day, July 15th. Guitarist Ray Toro of My Chemical Romance is 42 years old today. This is my favorite My Chemical Romance song of all time. Remember when you broke your foot from jumping out the second floor? I'm not okay. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. You Great tune. Actor Terry O'Quinn from Lost, he is 67 years old today. Willie Ames from Eight is Enough, but more importantly, Charles in Charge, yeah. right? And then he was also Bible Man. Don't forget that. Bible Man? Have you never seen Bible Man? No. Oh, we're oh gonna I've have heard to of do, Bible we're Man. We're going to have to do yeah. a deep dive on Bible Man sometime Oh, I've soon. heard of it. I've never seen it. The world's worst superhero. <laughs> he is a Christian superhero. <laughs> Called Bible Man. Oh my God! It's a thing. I gotta see it. Oh, I just assumed that was Kirk Cameron. It is shit-tastic. It's very Cameron-esque in its uh, oh. in its morality, and it's, it's oh man. Oh, I gotta look. It's at a it. desperate attempt to be Batman with a cross. Oh, it's yeah, it's mm. nuts. We gotta talk about that. Fifty-nine years old today. Actress Lola Davidovich is fifty-eight. Wow, a lot of drummers celebrating birthdays today, including Artemis Pyle. Artemis Pyle, one of the great country band names of all time. He uh, was the drummer, off and on, for a band called Leonard Skinner back in the day. He is 71 years old. This is probably his most uh, memorable work. the lyrics to Freebird. That's no. so recognizable, that int introduction. Forrest Whitaker is 58 years old today. Actress Brigitte Nielsen is 56. Actor-comedian Eddie Griffin is 51. Another drummer, John Dolmayan of System of a Down and Scars on Broadway. He is 47 years old today. Another one. You don't even need to get the lyrics yeah. of Chop Suey. It's so recognizable. Jim Rash from Community is 48. Scott Foley from Scandal and Felicity is 47. Brian Austin Green, notorious B.A.G. He's a bag. <laughs> he is 46 years old from Beverly Hills 90210. Drummer Marky Ramone celebrates his birthday today from the Ramones. He is 67 years old. Diane Kruger is 43, Laura Benati 
is 40 years old. Actor Taylor Kinney from Chicago Fire is 38. And singer Linda Ronstadt is 73 years old today. When I was a lad, Linda Ronstadt, man, she was smoking hot and had an amazingly powerful voice. I adored her. And sadly, at 73 now, she is in the uh, grips of Parkinson's. Oh. And it has taken away her ability to sing, that which sucks. is just heartbreaking. Uh, I can imagine for not only her fans, but for her as well. Here's a little piece of early Linda. That's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the show biz beat. And before we say goodbye, we have a little gift from Mr. Steve Ashton. From time to time, people will write in with questions about how they do things over there in the UK or why they do things. And when you've got questions about a Brit, well, we've got one you can ask. I want to ask a Brit. I want to ask a Brit. Now, this one comes to us from Joe in Des Moines. No, it's a De- Des Moines. I know it's Des Moines, really. Uh, it says, uh, this is from Joe. So Joe says, a question for Ask a Brick segment, if you don't mind. Why do we wrap fish and chips in newsprint? My wife wanted to know, and I'm asking the only Brit I know who answers questions. Well, uh, simply, Joe, we don't anymore. Huh. If you'd like to ask a Brit, you can email me, Steve, at the... <laughs> 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 There's got to be more to it than that. No, no, we used to. And when we did, we used to. And, and I imagine one of the most iconic images you could think of, Rob, when you think of Britain, right, is someone eating fish and chips out of newspaper, standing in the rain. Yes. Complaining about immigrants. <laughs> um, so why do you think, right, so f- fish and chips, the iconic thing, served in newspaper. Why do you think that whole thing began? Well, I imagine it was just cheap. It was, uh, they had the paper anyway, just recycle it. Yeah, exactly. That's purely cost. So chip shop owners would get free leftover newspapers like the Evening Standard in London, for example, from news agents and use this as a way of cutting down costs. However, in 1976, Ralph, there was a, a directive that were banning the practice because essentially uh, the ink that was uh, on the newspaper print was toxic and potentially dangerous. And when I was, a, I mean, I remember being, this, so what they do is they'd wrap it up. They'd have a, a piece of sort of greaseproof paper with the fish and chips in and then wrapped in newspaper. But if you go back like sort of pre 1980, when I was a, like a, a little nipper, um, you would get the imprint of the print onto your chips, which actually, <laughs> I know it's weird. Strangely enough, gave it a slightly different flavor. Funnily enough, because of the toxicity of the ink. Anyway, the tradition in the UK of fish battered and fried in oil may have come from somewhere else. Where do you think it might have come from, fish and chips, Ralph? Oh, I can't imagine. The Jews. Oh, really? Yeah. Apparently, Jewish immigrants from Spain and Portugal uh, came over to England as early as the 16th century and would have prepared uh, fried fish in a manner similar to pescado frito, which is essentially fish coated in flour and then fried in oil. Now, here's a few facts for you. Alfred Hitchcock, the great movie director, lived above a fish and chip shop in London, which was his family's business. So he grew up as a chipper. Um, During World War II, fish and chips remained one of the few foods in the United Kingdom that wasn't subject to rationing. Now, Prime Minister Winston Churchill referred to the combination of fish and chips as uh, good companions because he was a bit pretentious. (laughs) And these days, I'm sure he never ate fucking fish and chips in his life. Anyway, (laughs) these days, he was born in a toilet. Do you know that? What? Yeah, he was born in in a toilet cubicle. Huh. Maybe that's why he was a massive racist. Anyway, these days, of course... Uh, pretentious bars and restaurants serve chips in pre-printed newspaper style kind of stuff. Have you ever been to a pub like that or a bar that they've got that sort of pre-printed kind of like cone of chips? Yeah, fake news, I call it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very clever. They're trying to emulate that practice, obviously, of old school chip fish and chips because they're wankers. Um, now, a Jewish immigrant, Joseph Malin, opened the first recorded combined fish and chip shop in London in around about 1850. Um, in Edinburgh. So uh, if you were to go up to, go up to see um, our, our mate uh, Darren, um, what's his fucking name? McGregor. Uh, 
<laughs> that's the one. I'm tired. In Edinburgh, a combination of something called gold star, brown sauce, and water, or malt vinegar, is known as sauce. Which so you go in there specifically as chi- uh, known specifically as chippy sauce. So Darren might, for example, go in and made her up some, uh, maybe order up some chips with salt and sauce, hmm. which is fucking disgusting. Anyway, <laughs> here's fish and chips in the United States. The dish is most commonly sold as fish and chips, except in upstate New York and Wisconsin and other parts of the sort of Northeast and that upper Midwest. The dish is actually called a fish fry, where you get essentially fish and chips. So when you get fish and chips, Ralph, in, in like a trendy bar or whatever, do you ever order that in, in, a, in, a, in a pub? Yes, sure. I love it. And does it come with French fries or sort of like thick homestyle fries? Uh, thick homestyle fries. Oh, good. So piss on French fries. Um, in May <laughs> this year, in fact, McDonald's introduced a fish and chip meal across Canada. Hmm. Yeah, the addition came after a successful pilot in eastern Canada in 2018, which saw 86,500 fish and chip meals sold in three weeks. So all of our friends north of the border, uh, or north of your border at least, can go and enjoy some nice fish and chips from McDonald's, which I'm sure tastes fucking lovely. Um, in Britain and Ireland, the most common uh, fish to have is things like cod and haddock. Although you can, there's lots of other fish you can buy, like hake and, and different things like that. In chip shop in most parts of Britain and Ireland, salt and vinegar are sprinkled over fish and chips at the time it's served. You Did you have fish and chips when you were over here last time? Yeah, when we were at that pub, we went to lunch after the James Bond Museum. I had fish and chips. Of course, yeah. Of course, I've been drinking heavily for, for the majority of that week, so I don't remember. And you, do you go with the, with the salt and the vinegar or just the vinegar or just the salt? Salt and vinegar, always. So I always, I don't, for me, I always just go vinegar, lots of vinegar. Vinegar so much that it makes you sort of like breathe funny and like kind of like miss a breath. I love that. Now, in England, a portion of mushy peas is a popular side dish. Have you ever tried mushy peas? I have indeed, yes. They are fucking lush, aren't they? Um, uh, so they're a popular side dish, as well as a range of pickles, a bit things like uh, gherkins um, and on, uh, pickled onion and a pickled egg. Have you ever tried a pickled onion or a pickled egg, Rob? All of the above, yes. And aren't they fucking lush? They are indeed. So where I grew up, we'd have something called um, paywet, which I've mentioned in the past, but paywet is essentially the juice from the top of the mushy peas. And you'd have chips, paywet and a beef gravy so you go for into the chip shop and have chips paywet and gravy and it's like fucking absolutely manna from heaven or you could have chips and curry sauce now the largest serving of fish and chips in the world was 59 uh, sorry 54 and a half kilograms which is about 121 pounds and it was made by the resorts world birmingham in birmingham in the uk on the 9th of february 2018 the uncooked fish fillet of halibut weighed about 61 pounds oh, wow. it's a lot of a lot of fucking fish and the uncooked weight of the chips being slightly less than twice the weight of the uncooked fish now that's a midnight snack for cordon by the way a <laughs> couple of final bits over 250 million fish and chip meals are sold each year in the uk majority being cordon and during the d-day landings british soldiers identified each other by crying out fish and then waiting for the response of chips in like a culinary pre uh, or during the war game of Marco Polo. How weird is that? Very. So there you have it, Joe. Uh, a few facts about fish and chips. Do you know what? I'm fucking starving now. I don't blame you. I'm so hungry. Sort of like, as my dear old dad would say, I could eat a scabby pig bare bread. Oh, lovely. I'm off to go. And, I'm off to go and get me some chips, pay wet and gravy, and maybe a, maybe a nice buttered balm cake. If you would like to ask a Brit, don't forget you can drop me an email to Steve at theRalphReport.com. Thank you, sir. And that's it for today's show. Come on back tomorrow. We'll be speaking with journalist Al Manorino. He is going to give us the lowdown on San Diego Comic Con oh. this year. All the things you need to check out. What you want to see, we'll be taking a look at all of it tomorrow. Also, because it's Tuesday, we'll take a look at one of your favorite TV theme songs of all time with TV Tunes Tuesday. All that and so much more. Come on back and join us, won't you? Love you. Mean it. Bye.